The sermon text is the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 7, verses 11 to 17. Soon afterward, Jesus went on his way to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd were traveling with him. As he was approaching the town gate, there was a dead man being carried out, the only son of his mother. She was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not cry. He went up to the open coffin, touched it, and the pallbearers stopped. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear gripped all of them, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. This was reported about him in all of Judea and all the surrounding countryside. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Not long ago, I had four solid weeks of vacation staring me down, which meant it was time to make some decisions. Where do I want to go? What do I want to see? And of course, you don't really want to think this way. You don't want to approach things negatively, but you kind of have to. At the same time, you are deciding where it is worth it to go and what you want to do. At least subconsciously, you are also deciding what does not make the cut for me? Where could I go the rest of my life without saying, I've been there? Now, if you were around in Israel at the time of Jesus' ministry and you had the freedom to just pick places to go around and visit and see, the tiny village of Nain, for most people, would not rise above the Nobody famous was ever born in Nain. But to cordially invite you to come to Nain, to visit Nain with me. And when you do, I think you will find this little isolated town of Nain to actually be a beautiful place. I think you will find Nain is such a beautiful place. You might even live in Nain. And hopefully, you will. Now, before we see and not just a mother, but a widowed mother who is burying not just a child, but her only son. Now, sometimes when I look at artwork of this Bible story, I see this dead person depicted as like an adolescent or even a little boy. But Mark very clearly calls him a man, and Jesus calls him a young man. Young, but still a man. And at first you might think, well, it's still horrible for a mother to have to bury her son, but it's not quite so horrible, right? At least he grew out of childhood. She got to spend more years with him, got to see him grow to be a man. But actually, in this culture, that would make this woman's situation even worse. The fact that she was a widow, and this is her only son, means she was probably relying on him to take care of her. And the fact that he had grown to adulthood probably means her window to have more children has closed she would have a very hard time finding another husband to marry her. And I know that all sounds very harsh, but that is the reality of the culture that she lived in. 
So this woman now is not only facing a future of loneliness without her family, but she's also facing a future of destitution. And this is not a world where they have social security and food banks. She's in big trouble. See, I told you Nain was beautiful. Aren't you glad you came with me to Nain to see all the beauty? Don't worry, it, it does pick up. It does become more beautiful. Now, a small town like Nain, these places can be kind of boring. They don't really produce a whole lot of headlines, but if you've ever been to a town like that or lived in a town like that, you know they do have some things going for them. And one thing a little town like this has going for it is that people know each other. And they tend to care about each other and feel for each other. In a little town like Nain, when one person dies, the whole town knows it and the whole town grieves. And so St. Luke tells us here that as the pallbearers are carrying this young man through the city gates to be buried outside of the city, it's a considerable crowd from the town of Nain that has come to show compassion and grieve with this widow who has lost her only son. But the thing is that the people in this crowd are only human. Their compassion for her in this situation can only do so much for her because they don't have the power to change her situation to bring her son back. It's, it's wonderful that they're mourning with her, that they're showing compassion, but they can't really help her by changing her situation at all. But then St. Luke tells us there's a man with a crowd of his own following him from Capernaum to the gates of Nain. And this man also has compassion. He also feels for this widow who has lost her only son, but unlike anybody else in those two crowds, the crowd that is mourning or the crowd that's following him from Capernaum, unlike them, this man has the ability to help. He has the ability to change her situation. What other person in either of those crowds would say to that woman in that situation, do not cry. The reason Jesus says that to her, the reason Jesus says do not cry is precisely because he is the one person in either of those crowds who can also say, young man, I say to you, get up. And then, there is absolutely no delay. You notice this dead guy doesn't have to warm up like a car in winter when he rises from the dead. He sits right back up and immediately he starts talking, which tells you that, that Jesus' power over death is immediate and it is total. And it has a beautiful effect. You know, it's a, it's a little detail in the story, but I think it's such a marvelous little thing that Luke doesn't say, and he went back to his mother or his mother took him back, but instead Luke phrases it this way, Jesus gave him to his mother. See, when Jesus raises someone from death to life, he does it with the goal of creating a reunion, a joyful reunion be between two people who had been torn apart by the tragedy of death. Jesus gives this boy back to his mother and they have joy together again, and she has hope for her future. Now the two crowds that converge at the gates of Nain and see Jesus raise this young man from the dead, they are amazed, they give glory to God, and they say things about Jesus that are true. A great prophet has risen among us, they say, and that is true. 
But it's also important that the people in these crowds recognize that Jesus is not just a great prophet. They also say, God has visited his people. Jesus is standing there with them as the Son of God, who not only has compassion on people who are hurt by death, but as the Son of God, he also has the divine power to help them, to raise them up and reunite them in joy. Now, aren't you starting to be glad that you came to this beautiful place called Maine? Because at Maine, you get to see God come and visit his people and be the one who not only feels for those who are hurt by death, but who can help them because he has death under his thumb. That's what you get to see close up when you come to Nain, and you get to see the happy reunion that results. Now this time at Nain, this is the first time we know of that Jesus raised someone from the dead. He's going to do it again. In a short time, he's going to raise up another child, a little girl who is the daughter of a man named Jairus. And when Jesus does that, he will once again do it to create a joyful reunion between that little girl and her mother and father. The Gospels tell us that for both of these first two resurrections, large crowds saw Jesus raise the dead. And they went, and by word of mouth, they spread the news about this man who could raise the dead all over the place, all over the countryside. People were hearing about it. But the thing is, that these resurrections happen in a world without cameras and microphones, obviously. And they also happened in the north, the backwater north, the backward north, far away from the capital city of Jerusalem. And you know how northerners are, the unwashed northerners. Who can believe what a northerner thinks they saw? You know, this could all be a giant hoax, right? Maybe these people weren't dead. Maybe they were acting and it was all a, a giant publicity stunt by this preacher, Jesus of Nazareth, to try to gain fame and notoriety around Jerusalem. See, these first two resurrections, if you were a skeptic, if you were an unbeliever, it wouldn't be that hard to dismiss them, to explain them away somehow. But later, Jesus does come down to the capital city of Jerusalem. He comes to a little village named Bethany, which is just a couple of miles outside of Jerusalem. And there, Jesus raises the dead a third time. And this time, he raises the dead in a way that nobody can deny. Nobody can dismiss it or explain it away, because this time, Jesus raises from the dead a guy who has been dead for four days. This time, the guy has been dead so long that when Jesus asks for the grave to be opened, the man's sister objects, Lord, don't do it. He's been in there four days. By this time, he's going to smell very bad. Four days he's been dead, and not only that, but this time Jesus raises a man who is prominent. He is well-known in the capital city of Jerusalem. Everybody knows what this guy looks like. And there are credible upstanding, respectable people who have come to that grave that day, four days after he died, to mourn at his funeral. And this time, Jesus raises the dead. He does it again because he has a compassionate heart. He has power over death, and he's, he's creating a reunion again between this man, Lazarus, and his sisters, Mary and Martha, a joyful reunion. But when Jesus' enemies in Bethany see him raise Lazarus from the dead, they do not react like the folks in Maine. 
They do not react by saying, a great prophet has come to be with us. More than a prophet, God himself has come to visit his people. Instead, their hearts are hardened against Jesus. And when they see him raise Lazarus from the dead at Bethany, they say, we got to get rid of this guy. And we got to get rid of him now. Everybody knows what Lazarus looks like. Everybody knows he was dead for four days. If this guy, Lazarus, goes walking around the city in Jerusalem, nobody will be able to deny that Jesus of Nazareth can raise the dead. People are going to follow him instead of following us. we got to get rid of him now. In fact, John's Gospel tells us they didn't just want to get rid of Jesus. They wanted to kill Lazarus, too. Get rid of all the evidence of this resurrection. Even if the evidence is human, it doesn't matter. Now, we don't know. The Gospels don't tell us if they ever got to Lazarus and killed him. But we do know that they got to Jesus. Later, the next week, Jesus' enemies nailed him to the cross. And the one who has power over death, he himself died. The one who has the ability to raise from death to life, he himself dropped into death. But you know, before Jesus did that, before he died on the cross, he was separated from his own father, from his own heavenly father. He experienced separation. At that moment, Jesus couldn't even call him father. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was torn apart from his father when he died on the cross. He suffered through hell in the place of every human being, separation from his own father. Now, why did Jesus let his enemies do that to him? He did it for the same basic reason that he walked toward Nain that day to help that woman raise her son. He did it because Jesus feels for people who are dead. And as the Son of God, he has the divine power to raise them from death to life. See, you and I, we were dead. Jesus died for us because we were dead. Scripture says we were dead in our trespasses and our sins. A death basically is separation. Because we are sinful, we were dead, separated, alienated from our Heavenly Father. That's where we stood because of our sin. Spiritually dead and separated from our Father. And Jesus went to the cross because he had compassion on us who were spiritually dead, and he wanted to help us. But again, if you don't have the power to help someone, if you don't have the authority to do that, then your compassion really doesn't do anything concrete to change their situation. Jesus not only had the heart to raise us spiritually, but as the Son of God, he also had the power to do it. He had the ability to take the sins of the whole world on himself on the cross. When he suffered through hell, he did it in the place of every single human being to take our sins away and take the punishment we deserve. And when Jesus did that, he gave us a resurrection. He raised our souls from death to life. And he gave us a reunion. He brought us back to God as our Father. And we, as his children, a joyful reunion with God who is now our Father. We are his children. We know where we stand with him. And we always will because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Now, aren't you glad you came to visit the town of Nain? Here you get to see the heart and the might of Jesus Christ to raise that boy and give him back to his mother. Not only that, you get to remember that what happened at Nain was just a little preview 
It was just a little shot of what Jesus was going to do for you and me when he went to the cross for us on Good Friday and he raised our souls from death to life and gave us back to our Father for a joyful reunion that lasts forever. But you know what? The beauty of Nain, it doesn't even end there because Jesus' power over death doesn't even end on the cross. You don't see Jesus' full control over death until you get to his empty tomb on Easter morning. There you see the full power of Jesus over death and his full love for sinful people like you and me. See, not only does the cross of Calvary guarantee us that we have a spiritual resurrection and a reunion with our Father, but the empty tomb of Easter, that tells us the physical resurrection of Nain. That is ours too. So now picture this. Nain times several billion all at the same time. Because the day is coming when Jesus is going to say to all of his people who have died, get up. And at that moment, there are going to be reunions all over the place. At that moment when Jesus says, get up, to all of his saints who have fallen asleep, he's going to be giving sons back to their mothers, but not just that, he's going to be giving wives back to their husbands, he's going to be giving friends back to friends, sisters back to brothers. A massive reunion all at once on the last day when Jesus raises us and we will get a reunion with each other. A joyful reunion that will last forever. This is the beauty you also see at Nain. That when Jesus raised that boy, sorry, that son, and gave him back to his mother, it was again just a little preview. Just a little shot of what he's going to do for you and me and all Christians on the last day. A reunion in the flesh that lasts forever. I hope by now you're glad you came to see the beautiful place called Nain. And maybe you'll agree that Nain is such a beautiful place that you don't really want to leave. Maybe you should stay in Nain. Maybe you should live in Nain. I hope you will. I, will hope, I hope that you will live remembering the heart and the might of your Savior Jesus that you see at work in that town of Nain. That you will live remembering what he did for that son and his mother in the town of Nain, the compassion and the power of your Savior Jesus. And I hope you will live remembering that what he did in Nain was just a little clip of what he did for you and me on the cross on Good, Sun on Good Friday when he raised us up and gave us back to our Heavenly Father for a reunion. I hope you will live knowing that you now have that reunion with your Heavenly Father. You are His child. He is your Father forever. That means you live at peace with God every day of your life. You can go to Him in prayer whenever you want. If you can't think of anything else to pray for, for goodness sakes, thank Him for sending His Son to give life to your body and soul. Thank Him for the waters of your baptism where He connected you to Jesus. But he's your father every day of your life. When troubles come running toward you in life, you can always go running to him for refuge and for hope. And live your life knowing that the physical resurrection of Nain belongs to you too. You can live every single day of your life looking forward to the day when you are going to hear Jesus say to you and all Christians, get up. And you can live every day looking forward to that great reunion that will last forever. Do you know what the people at Nain said is absolutely true? 
God has come to visit his people. The Son of God has come to us with his mighty arm and his compassionate power. It is what led him to help that widow and her son in Nain that day. And it's what he did for you on Good Friday and what he will do for you again on the last day. Amen.